Hi, this is Mike McNamara, and you're listening to All Marine Radio on your home for it, the one and only All Warrior Radio Network. I can hear a friend of mine yelling, and we're back. <laughs> right? Yeah. The 50,000-watt music mother of Staten Island pumping out a little U2 cover of Jimi Hendrix. Right? <laughs> yeah. What's up? Anyway, um, yeah, that's, that's all true, by the way. Well, not all of it's true, but that is what the song is. Joining me is the... Uh, now, what's your official title, Dennis? Is it president? Is it? No, I'm not that high yet. You know, I have I have thoughts, but right now I'm the national commandant of the Marine Corps League. Okay, the national commandant. So, what? Explain the 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 hierarchy of the Marine Corps League. How it pyramids? You're the national commandant. We use commandant. That's the head guy. That's it. I'm the head guy. I'm. I'm in charge of the entire Marine Corps League countrywide. Uh, we have a board of trustees behind me. The four top officers would be the senior vice commandant, junior vice commandant, the judge advocate. And then it breaks down to division vices. There's 10 of those. And each one of those division vices covers a certain area of uh, the country. For example, the Northeast Division covers New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and New York, and so forth, depending. you got the Southeast, East, you got, but you have 10 of them all together. And that's, got it. that includes the entire Board of Trustees uh, for the Marine Corps League. We have a uh, Chief Operating Officer uh, slash Executive Director. He's a, he's a paid employee. He is a Marine, Marine veteran. He uh, he takes care of the business side and tries to help us with income and outgoing bills and all of that. But that's the basic makeup of the Marine Corps League. And I sit at the top with the white cover, as they say, oh. uh, and lead the whole shebang. <laughs> okay. Well, congratulations on that deal. What about – um? let's talk about you. All right. Um, so – um, you're born and raised where? Born and raised right here in Staten Island. Staten Island. Now, I have friends who are from New York City, and they, they say, Staten Island is not part of New York City. Okay, do you consider yourselves part of New York City? Absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> and, and until they put the Verrazano Bridge in connecting us and making it easy to get to the city, uh, we will find out here by ourselves. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, all right, so you're born and raised there. Um, how does the Marine Corps get on your radar? Well, uh, this, I, I hate to sound ridiculous, but, you know, John Wayne pushed me this way. You know, are you kidding me? You you watch the movies? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wanted to be a Marine from day one. Did you, know. you? Did you? Did anybody stop and tell you that you know that guy was never a Marine and he never actually even served in spite of World War II going on? Did anybody yeah. ever tell you that? 
Was, oh, yeah. was that pretty crushing when you learned? Like, what? Nah, no, I knew that. I just, I, I was impressed with the way they dressed. <laughs> yeah, you know who, you know how many people have told me that that have been on this program when I ask them why? And you know who's the most famous person that's ever said that to me? Oh. Woody, right? Woody Williams? Woody Williams, yeah. He's telling me that he grows up in West Virginia, and I think he's in high school at the time. And he sees somebody, right, back in, in his hometown with their dress blues on. And he says, what is that? <laughs> I've got to get one of those. Who is that? He finds out he's a Marine. And he says, I knew I could get a girl if I was wearing that uniform. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, yeah, he just, and, you know, what a great guy. And for those yeah. of you who don't know, uh, Woody uh, fought in uh, the Battle of Iwo Jima and was a uh, uh, carried a flamethrower, which was not for the faint of heart, and was awarded the Congressional Medal of Honor for uh, his uh, his actions on the island of Iwo Jima. And he's just a wonderful guy. Enga- yeah, he is. Right. He's engaged in, in putting up monuments to Gold Star families in cemeteries around the country. And his stories from that foundation are amazing, and he's just. But I mean, funny. How many times you hear me say that? So what year? What year did you join? Uh, well, I joined right out of high school, 1970. In fact, if I remember correctly, I was still in my tuxedo when I went to the recruiter. Oh my God! <laughs> are you kidding me? Yep. Yep. Wow. So, and my father. Served in the Battle of the Bullshit. Are you crazy? <laughs> right. And why would you join them? Yes, yes. But, you know, I was having a conversation um, just last night about Vietnam veterans. And I said, you know, here's a tragedy. Their grandfathers fought in World War One. Their fathers or uncles, right, fought in World War II. Yeah. Their older brothers fought in Korea. They went, right, and you join right at the tail end of Vietnam. They rent, went to do their patriotic duty as they had seen their brothers, their fathers, or uncles, and their grandfather do theirs. And they then they, they went, and they came home and got treated like garbage. Yeah, I 100% said, right. I said, <laughs> right. So so you join in the middle, uh, you know, at, well, in the, uh, the war still going on, but, you know, the Marine Corps is unassing Vietnam. What, so what was your MOS? Yes, I was a radio operator, 2531. Nice. High trained communicator, as the sergeant major said. What? Hey, so what is a, what's a 31? Is that like a, a communicator that carries a machine gun? What is a, what is no, a, thir- that's a, that's a community that carries a radio. <laughs> and if you're lucky, they give you an M16. <laughs> so, <laughs> what did, uh, so now, is a wire dog, is that an, a different MOS, or is that a 31 that just screwed up and now is going to hump wire for a living? No, Wyman is a different MOS. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what it was then. I'm not sure what it is now. Cause they don't even have 31s anymore. Everybody's it's all different with their little cell phones and oh, headsets. Oh, right, right, right. You know, it's not a lot of carrying those big radios on your back anymore. Which is a shame because that made, that made a man out of you, right? Oh, and throw this in there too. Well, huh? Yeah, and yeah. you might want to take a couple extra batteries. I didn't do that. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so um, so how long are you in the Marine Corps? 
Oh, I was in from 70 to 72. <clears throat> and it was funny because when I enlisted, uh, I wanted to go for four. And the recruiter said, nah, just sign for two. You're going to Vietnam. You're probably not going to live. <laughs> <laughs> right? Okay, I'll, I'll do two. <laughs> but I did. What the you hell? Know, it was funny because I always wanted to make a career out of it. And when I finally got out, well, I, was about, I just separated. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't out officially. I had career planners calling me, come back, we'll give you this, give you that. And my father screaming and yelling, the police department's called you three times. They said, they're not calling you again. You got to answer them now, blah, blah, blah. What are you going to do? And I said, all right, I, I, I give up. Let me give the police department a chance. So I did. And. You know, I guess things work out for a reason. I did my 20 years there. I actually went back in the Marine Corps Reserves in 1980 when uh, Reagan opened it up and said that city workers could go back in without any problems. Uh, and I tried that for two years. And it was a just a little bit of difficulty about how they wanted to re-enlist me and what they wanted me to do. And I said, well, I think I'll just go back to civilian life. <laughs> so when did you recover? Uh, when did you recover? When did you retire as a, uh, as a police officer? 1992. So what have you been doing since 1992? Uh, I've been working on the uh, honeydew list wherever I go. Wow. Raising a family. I have a, I have, my first son was uh, just turned 45. He was Down syndrome. So I was busy raising him for a few years. Still right. are, but right. you know, much better than it was in the early years. And uh, just part-time jobs here and there. So now I work part-time at a funeral home, which is fairly peaceful. You know, and I just try to keep busy, that's all. And the Marine Corps League keeps me traveling. I mean, I'm... Up until the pandemic, I was all over the country. I went out and bought an RV to help me travel and make it a little more interesting. What? So, talk about your involvement in the Marine Corps League, and and uh, and then we'll talk about kind of the state of the Marine Corps. But um, how do how do you get involved in the Marine Corps League? Well, I actually I actually joined twice. The first time I joined was. In 76, probably two months before my son was born. And then, of course, when he was born with, you know, with Down syndrome, there was nothing else in, around that I could do. I was too busy. You know, he was my whole life, you know, until I knew he could do things on his own. And uh, then I went back in, I guess, 91, I think I went back in, went down for a birthday. They have a birthday party every year. Went down for birthday and joined. My original plan was just to join, enjoy the camaraderie and the friendship and be back with Marines and help out around the detachment. And a year later, I commanded ahead and the guy said to me, oh, by the way, you've just been elected junior vice. I said, okay. <laughs> yeah, that'll teach you go to, to go to the head when they start nominating and voting. Yeah, yeah. So that kind of, that started my, my Marine Corps League career. I went through the chairs up to detachment commandant. Actually, did detachment commandant twice, and then uh, again the same thing. You know how Marines tend to be around the bar, have a few cocktails, and make a few promises that later on they wish they never made. Yes. And I promised a friend of mine that if he ran for department commandant, I would run for senior vice. Uh, 
course, I swear to this day, I was intoxicated when I did that. But I had to live up to my promise. And I started as a, actually started because nobody wanted the position at the Department of New York. So I took the senior vice and two years later became department commandant. Wow. And just yeah, through the chairs, vision vice and up through uh, judge advocate right through, right through to my presence chair as a national commandant. What all these all obviously what is what has kept you back? What has kept you coming back all these years? Because and 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 you know and we'll talk about this, right? Every organization, right, um that does what you do struggles to recruit. Right. What um and, and and struggles to to get members who join people that are interested to see what they do and the significance of what they do, so that it'll resonate with them. So they'll not only join but they'll stay, and 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 continue to support the mission, right? And in in this right. case, that the Marine Corps League ex- ex- executes. So what kept you coming back? Well, you know, the, the number one thing is the camaraderie and, and the brotherhood, you know, the tribe, as they call it now, you know, just being around Marines. It's, it's, it can be funny. It can be hard. <laughs> but it, it's just once you get involved, you know, I always said I, I, I don't want to be commandant. I, you know, and then you get into a position and you say, well, you know, if I was commandant, I would do this. And then you move up and say, yeah, well, you know what, if I was junior vice, I would do this. And and I just kept moving up. And, and, and that's hard. There's not a lot of people that want to do that. You know, I mean, sometimes it's like pulling teeth, especially at the detachment department level, getting people to run for office to keep their detachment going. You know, uh, it happens. You, you know, you push. I mean, you, you get you retreads. You got guys that have been coming on four or five times at their detachment because nobody else wants it. Right. You know. So, so, so what keeps you coming back though? So you, I mean, and, and again, when you're in charge of it, you deal with the money, you deal with the membership, you deal with the problems. So what keeps you coming back to, kept you coming back to the Marine Corps? I enjoy working the mission. I enjoy working with Marines. I, I enjoy knowing that we're accomplishing something. We're doing something out, whether it's just in the local communities or it's for the Marine Corps. Or, or it's, uh, you know, assisting with trying to do something with uh, veteran suicides. There's something out there for everybody, you know, and, and I just enjoy it. And right. and drives my wife crazy because the minute I joined the Marine Corps, I cut my hair, you know. <laughs> and, and I still have that flat top, and I tell her, as long as I put on this uniform, the dress blue trousers, and, a, you know, used to be a khaki shirt, now it's a white shirt, and it's a piss cutter and it's got the Marine Corps emblem on it. As long as it, I wear that, I'm going to make sure that I look 99% a Marine. You know. There you go. But like I said, I just, I enjoy the mission. I, I just, I love what I do. Uh, I, I love. But, but it sounds like the bottom line, though, you like, like lots of us, right? The most fun I ever have is in the company of my Marine friends. Yes. Uh, yeah. and, and, and again, 
there's a familiarity there. There's um, a sense of humor there. There's a culture there that I have loved uh, most of my life. I like Dennis. I, I grew up watching John Wayne and The Sands of Iwo Jima. And whenever the, the, the movies were on TV, you know, we would watch them. Uh, all the books I read and ordered from the Scholastic Book Club when I was a kid were either about baseball players or um, or about World War II. Specifically, I, I read about that yeah. and and the Marines in World War Two, and I and I knew their history, and and so when I got to become part of the culture, it was everything that I thought it would be, and probably more. It was yeah. funny. I mean, when I was a lieutenant, what, the job I really wanted was to be the company gunny. I thought that was the cool. That guy had the best job in the world because. Right in, in an infantry battalion, the company gunners just laid the wood to everybody, and then they'd stand out at formation and they would ridicule everybody. It, it, and you'd be like, you'd stand there and you'd laugh your ass off at the stuff that went on, right? And then they and then they got after it, and it was this beautiful, you know, brusque culture um, that you know that played hard that fought hard and and you knew they were going to go out and whatever the, the mission was, they would get it done. And you saw these people, but I'd see the company gunnies. I'm like, man, that's the best job going. And so, <laughs> but, I, you know, again, we say we don't get over, you know, being a Marine. Well, what you don't get over is the cultural experience of meeting every creed, color, right, becoming yeah. part of that team, making fun of each other, taking care of each other. Um, and you don't get over that cultural experience. So to me, um, what the Marine Corps League is, for all the rest of us, is a link back to that and a place where, you know, it, it sounds like in your life you've gone back and, and you've, you've maintained that connection, which has been so important in your life. And so, I mean, I'd tell everybody that listens to this, you know, you just go out and check your Marine Corps League detachment out because that's, Again, you're linked to finding your culture again, and I think that's uh, that's I think that I can't I can't tell you from what I do, right? In and on the post-traumatic winning side of of, of my life, um, one of the biggest problems you fight is isolation, right? And so yeah. I mean, one of the and so an easy way to get connected is reconnect to your culture, man. Reconnect to your tribe, and go down right. there and, and laugh your ass off and help do good things in the community. And watch what a difference that makes in the quality of your life. In the quality of your life. Yeah, and at some point, some point, they all, uh, the young, young, middle age, however old they are, they, they eventually get to a point and they they do reach out. You know, the problem again is, I mean, we have the same problem recruiting that the rest of them have, because uh, you come out of the Marine Corps, you're either going to school, you want to start a family, you know, you, you need to find a job. So uh, when we push, not push, but when we try to get these guys to join, we explain to them, look, just put your name on a list. Become a member. You don't have to go to meetings. You know, we'll we'll stay in touch with you. We'll, we're having a picnic. We're having a ball. Bring your whole family. You know, this is, but stay involved. You need something. You need help with getting to school. We'll help you. You need help with the VA. We're there to help. You need to find a job. We're there to help. 
you know, we're big in the Marine for Life program with the Marine Corps. Right. You know, and, and I understand that, okay, you're raising a family. Okay, you don't have to go to a meeting, you know, but let's, look, what are you doing Saturday? What are you doing Sunday? We got a picnic, you know, or even I pushed the issue, especially when I was in junior vice and we were in charge of recruiting. Oh, you know, my, my wife's working. Uh, I, I can't make meetings. I said, well, you know, how about we hook you up with a babysitter? It's, you know, we got men, guys in here that got young kids that can babysit. You know, anything to help them out and to just keep them knowing what the Marine Corps League is till they reach that point where they say, okay, I'm free. I got to get out of the house, get away from the wife. I'm going to a meeting. <laughs> you know, and it's hard. Uh, I understand it's hard because I went through it, you know. And we, you just got to keep pushing. And I, I'm going to say 90%, 95% of our detachments and our members are great with trying to recruit. You have you have the one or two old dogs that, you know, don't want to change in their detachment. And they fight it and fight it and fight it until they get to a point where they realize they're about to close up if they don't get some new people in. You know, and then they start saying, okay, yeah, we got to recruit. But but I mean, it's an outstanding. Like, like you said, it's it's we're a fraternity. We're we're the Marine Corps alumni organization. We're their fraternity. This this is where you come to when you get out of the Marine Corps because this is we know who you are, what you did. You know, it's this is what it's all about. So, no, keep- no. Let me let me tell you. I I think that. Um- that that link is is important, you know, because when you see an issue, you see all the Marines who who feel strongly about an issue, uh, and I don't care what the issue is really. Um, but you see Marines come out of the woodwork. Well, I mean, the way to stay connected is through the Marine Corps League, and uh, yeah. and so now, like Dennis Dennis said, and again, I I don't even know that I introduced you for God's sakes. Okay, this is Dennis Tobin. You say it Tobin, right? Not Tubin, right? Tobin, yeah. Tobin. Um, and so just so everybody knows his name, um, Dennis, talk about the last six years. Let's kind of do a little history. What's been going on in the Marine Corps League in the last six years? Uh, the last six years, six years ago, we were actually in dire straits. We were due to some very, you know, bad things, issues that were going on. I really can't get into due to uh, gig orders and all of that good stuff, you know, but uh, we had our problems. We had money issues and we were going down the tubes. And so a few of us got together and we managed to change the hierarchy. And Richard Gore became commandant six years ago. And he put in a, we hired a temporary uh, executive director uh, Tom Hazlitt was his name, and yep. between Richard and Tom, they did some great things. Uh, and Richard's second year, we hired a, a young Marine, young gentleman who worked with the uh, Young Marines organization. We brought him on as our chief operating officer and executive director. And in six years, he has that man has completely turned our organization around. Uh, he just, he found, he found contracts and money and things that just weren't coming in and being, you know, that we had that weren't coming to us, but he, he, he turned the Marine Corps League around. He did an outstanding job. And who's that? Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, Bob Walker. Bob Walker was his name. 
he uh, he's still with us. He's stay with us as long as he wants to stay with us, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I met Bob and actually corresponded with him yesterday, and, and you know, he's just a solid. You know, he's a great guy. Yeah, great yeah, guy. I mean, he's an outstanding job for us. Very smart. You know, he goes after something. He don't stop till he gets it. You know. Uh, and then, you know, Richard did, unfortunately, Richard passed away a couple of years ago, uh, uh, Wendell Webb took over for him, uh, and Wendell brought on, on his, uh, our new database that we're trying to get, that he's still working on, and it's improved the way we do business even more, and, uh, and then we got to meet. And I guess my claim to fame in my two years is I'm probably going to be known as the pandemic commandant. <laughs> Yikes. But, uh, but it, you know, it, it's a good thing because people say to me, you know, do you feel cheated? Do you feel like you missed a whole year? I said, no. I said, what did I miss? I missed a convention in Daytona Beach, which would have been great. Uh, but I missed the convention and I missed the camaraderie and the face-to-face with people. But we didn't stop. You know, the pandemic hit and the country shut down and we did what Marines do. We improvised, adapted, and overcame and we had to keep running. You know, we we went into the, it forced us into the 21st century. We started doing virtual meetings and virtual conferences. And at the national level, we actually had a virtual election, you know, for the, for the, the, uh, the officers for that year. And it's just... It, I mean, I enjoyed it. It was a challenge, and we had some outstanding commandants and uh, throughout the country that stood up and did outstanding jobs with the communications. And we just made sure that Marine Corps League didn't fade away. You know, we stayed in touch. We did what we had to do. So I, I don't feel cheated. You know. Uh, well, you know, the, I mean, if you, what's interesting about the last year? Um, is that, you know, you had all these dire predictions about, you know, what was going to happen. And what actually did happen was people got reconnected, right? So if, right. You, if, if, you, if you talk to people, what happened was they, 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 they reconnected with people. The suicide rate in the country went down 6%. Wow. Yeah. Wow. The biggest decrease, and and I can't remember, I can't tell you how many years. It normally goes up every year. It went down six percent, and then people looked at that who had predicted the exact opposite and said, "Wait a minute, what just happened?" Yeah. And so you know, if you look at what happened to people financially, all kinds of dire predictions. People saved more money and paid off more debt than they had, I think, in decades last <laughs> year. And so what yeah. do they do? They they buckled down. And they did exactly what you're talking about. They 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 got challenged certainly and they figured out a way to do it and so now when you have to have a meeting and you say oh we'll do it virtually nobody even bats an eye right it's like yeah right. not a problem yeah <laughs> <laughs> now it's to get them stop having virtual meetings and have a face-to-face yeah that'll be the there's like you mean we're actually going to meet face-to-face and then yeah, the question is yeah. going to be well wait a minute why would we spend the money to do that right right and so so I mean, it's it's certainly going to change the way. Uh, it's certainly going to change the way business uh, business happens, and uh, so that's interesting. What excites you um, about the future? Uh, the future. Well, now 
I laugh because people say to me, you know, what are you going to do now? I said, well, I'm going from teaching a uh, group of young, stubborn, and you're actually all old, but they, they act like <laughs> stubborn children sometimes. You know, now I'm going to be in charge of the past national commandants for the next two years. So I'll still be on the board of trustees. I'll still be a voting member. So now I go from the uh, the, chil- the children's classroom to the elderly classroom. And they're probably going to if they hear that but uh what you know, so I, what about what about the challenges that the the organization faces in the next few years what's the number one challenge the marine corps league faces in the next uh in the next two to five years well the number one thing is and probably always will be is going to be recruiting right. but that that sort of falls into place with itself you know you get you get some we got, at some point, you got to get the recruiting, the new members, you know, larger than the members that are dying, you know. So that's – right now, that kind of balances itself out a lot, you know. So that, But that's always going to be a number one project. Okay. Uh, uh, the big thing for us is, again, you know, we are a business. You know, it's – we're a nonprofit, but we are a business. So, you know, we have to continue to look for ways to, you know, bring – income in to help support us uh the uh well you know about the modern day marine and the marine expos that's a big thing for us right uh we we partnered up with marine corps association of foundation working with modern day marine uh this year it's going to be in quantico you know and for years uh, we were saying the marine corps this is the marine corps show the marine corps got to put their footprint on it and as soon as we partnered up with MCA and F and we sat down with headquarters Marine Corps and they put a big boot print on it, you know, and this is now the Marine Corps show and we just, we host it for them. You know, we sit down with, we sit down with headquarters Marine Corps and find out what the commandant wants the team to be and who he wants there. And it's our job to get it all done. So we, we have a much, much better relationship with the Marine Corps right now. And, just in the future, it's got to keep going. We got to keep pushing forward, and you know whatever happens year to year, and whatever we need to adapt to keep the Marine Corps up to date and keep the Marine Corps League up to date. It's what we got to do. It's going to happen, and it has to happen with the younger members coming in. You know, so but I, I, I see good things happening. I think the, the the new staff that are going to be moving up, the new commandant in August. Uh, Actually, two weeks next week. <laughs> uh, wow. wow! So I'm going to get to see the last official acts. The um, yeah. let's talk yeah. about. You've got a convention coming up in Springfield, and I, and I'm uh, I'm going to get a chance to to see you guys and 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 speak there, which I'm uh, I can't tell you how excited I am uh, to yeah, do that. And uh, and so let's talk about your your annual convention. Um, what goes on there? Well, it's a, it's a business, you know, it's a business convention. We have our business meetings and the, uh, again, the good thing is, and, and people realize it, it's your face to face. The first, the first conference and convention I went to after the country opened up, it was like, wow, this is great. You know, and it's, right. and that's what, that's what the convention is. It's a larger gathering than your small state conventions. It brings in the whole country, you know, People come in from all over, California, New York, wherever. 
They come in from everywhere for these conventions. And it's, it, it's a big camaraderie boost. It's a, it's a hug them, kiss them, shake their hands and have a few cocktails and let's have fun. And in between that, we have to get work done. You know, what, what are we going, what's the new commandant want? What, you know, where do we stand financially? And, Who's, you know, it, it, who is, like, who, who is the new commandant? Who's replacing you? The new commandant, God willing, and the crick don't rise will be Johnny Baker. Johnny. Alabama. Yeah, he's, he's from Alabama. Retired Sergeant Major. Oh, okay. You, the, uh, you the, may have met him once or twice at one of the expos. Yep. No, I, I did. What, um, so first of all, it's in Springfield, Illinois and yeah. tell everybody how many days is it? How many? How many days you guys there? It is, uh, let's see, we go in on the 7th and 13th. So we got six days, six, seven days. Wow. Yeah. It's wow. a good, it's a good long convention. You know, it's, it's a lot, a lot to get, and it's funny because you got six days and we sit there doing the agenda. I go, all right, where do we put this one? What do we do with this one? <laughs> you know, but we have, you know, like I said, we have a couple of general, the general business meetings and, and there's small meetings, commandants council where all the department commandants and and their officers get to sit down and scream and yell and bitch and whine and tell us what they'd like done and we try to do that. You know. Uh, I have a I have a conference with <clears throat> with the women marines. You know, we have we have a little conference and so there's a lot of little things that go on, but it's all it, it's during the day, you know, it's business like. Wednesday is our day off. Wednesday normally is a, they have trips put together and tours and stuff, but this year it's going to be kind of on your own because they opened up the tour business and that too late in Illinois for anybody to put trips together. So it's going to be, you know, go see what you want to see on your own, but yeah, but it's good. We have a good, it's, it's, it beats virtual by a long shot you know but it's it's good we have a lot of fun there's a lot of laughs and seeing old friends making new friends is really what it comes down to too you know well you I'm know looking for- i was just in i don't know three weeks ago or so i was down in san diego going to a padre game you know and and um you know most of the restrictions across the nations you know were lifted in june and you could feel it in the air how excited people were to kind of yeah. be able to be out and about and back together again. And, uh, and it made it, um, I, there was just this, this, I, 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 it sounds weird to say, but this happiness in the air and you could feel it. And I would imagine that, uh, you know, being together with Marines, is always pretty fun, but on yeah. the heels of the last year, I think it'll probably be, a and, and, uh, an exceptional event. And yeah, I think. But have a great time. All right. What have I not been smart enough to ask you um, in the last 40 minutes that you need people to know? Uh, come out and join. Come out and join. You go on the Marine Corps League website. It's MC. Oh, I'm going to mess it up. <laughs> Where's it? No, it'll be. I'll, I'll put it in the bottom of. Uh, of yeah. this uh of this post um the um here i'll give you the website yeah i thought i had it handy mc mclnational.org there you go there you go go on that 
go on that website. You scroll down a little bit, you'll see find a detachment. You click on there, put in your zip code and detachments within, I think, 25 to 50 miles, whatever you're looking for will pop up. You know, and just go down to find out when they meet. Now, I know one, I know one of your detachment commanders. Who that? Mike Frazier. Mike Frazier. Where's he from? Uh, Temecula area, Escondido, Murrieta, that area on the backside of Pendleton? Yeah, no, it doesn't. I've probably met him. I may have met him when I was out. In well, he's not the kind of guy that you would remember. You know? Okay. <laughs> he's he's a rather forgettable guy, right? <laughs> so, yeah, I would, you're not, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, don't I mean, I don't don't you don't have to feel bad or anything like that. The um, yeah, he's just I mean, he's not that guy. Like, oh, geez, I forgot that guy. Yeah, whatever, whatever. Yeah, the uh, no. So um, on that website, you know, you can scroll. You can it's a lot on there. The mission statements on there. Who we're involved with organizations that we we post for. Uh, and just reach out. Reach out. Like I said, you don't have to go to a meeting. Just get your name on that list, and we're here to help. Anything. You know, whatever you need. And you want to come, you know, make sure you just stay in touch. You have picnics, barbecues. Get involved. But you don't have to go to meetings. Bring your family. We want the families involved. You know? It's stay with the brotherhood. That's the whole thing. Get back to the brotherhood. We're here for you. Just uh, join. Yeah, let me just tell you, and again, if I, what I would tell everybody listening is that, you know, this whole thing that I do has come from Marines. It's come right. from this incredible culture of this can-do culture, this relentless culture. But also, I mean, one of the other things I've learned about the Marine Corps and the culture of the Marines is that, you know, a lot of people left home young and they were looking for a way out. And the reason they were looking for a way out is because they came from tough circumstances and, and they wanted to leave home. They wanted to get a good job, but getting out of town and, 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 uh, and getting away from how they grew up, you know, uh, it might've been because they were an abusive family. It might be because it was just a bad situation, we all know a lot of Marines in the Marine Corps like that, right? right? And so that's where we come from. And we, you know, and that's why I think this experience resonates with us because a lot of us find a home here, a home that we didn't have before. And it's this, yeah. it's, it's this culture of people that will die for you. And you make that connection. And then when you leave the Marine Corps, you don't have to leave the culture and the Marine Corps is a link to that culture and um, um, of Marines in your communities, Marines that believe in continuing to do good things. And I'm going to tell you that that's really, really, really important to the quality of your life. And whether you go to meetings or not is irrelevant. You, if you just go to the social things and you make friends and you stay connected, I would tell you, do that do yeah. that because that connection is a powerful connection in our lives and uh yeah. 
And the Marine Corps League can be one of those things that that reconnects you in, in a very, very positive way. And that's, you know, a lot of these young guys getting out, they want to give back is what they tell me. We want to give back. You know, what do you guys do? And the detachments are the, the boots on the ground in the communities. And that's what they do. They work with wherever, whatever they need. You know, they're out there doing something. You'll see them all the time at, at a lot of events in the communities. And that's that's the way they can give back. And before I forget, I know a friend of yours, too, that I promised I would say hello for. Who's that? Uh, Colonel Woodbridge. <laughs> he, you know, as just coincidentally, um, you know, his uh, uh, his interview is playing in the next couple of days here on All Marine Radio. So, uh, Woody, oh, yeah. yeah, Woody comes on on a monthly basis to talk about the Gazette. And, Gazette, and I, I will say this about Chris Woodbridge. I give him a tough time, but Woody is is um, – how would how do I say this and, and give him a compliment? Um, he's not in the, the the easiest position as the you know publisher and editor of the Marine Corps Gazette and then the publisher of Leathernet Magazine. If he decides to to print stuff that people don't like, and when I say people, I mean the active duty leadership of the Marine Corps, because his job is to be the custodian of the professional discussion. Well, the discussion will naturally include dissent and people that aren't happy with something. And Woody, ha- Woody, Woody ultimately decides what's in that thing and what's not. And he doesn't shy away from what he believes is the truth, what he believes is articulate dissent. And, and he takes his face shots because of it. And I just want to say how much I give him a lot of shit, but how much I respect that because that the Gazette has always been the place where Marines, staff NCOs, professional Marines go to talk and argue. And yeah. uh, and the Commandant's new force design 2035, right? That's been full of controversy, right? The the whole yeah. thing that, that the military is, uh, you know, is looking at now, diversity, right? And and all the, all the different, you know, extremism training. Woody sits there and, and, and he stewards inarticulate discussion and i as much as i give a shit i respect him for that yeah you know and it's funny because it's the same with our magazine you know and bob Borker has the final say you know and and it gets tough because you know we're non-political non-sectarian and you gotta you know you gotta cut that out you know and it's yeah so what do you print a blank magazine right (laughs) because because that's what everybody wants to contribute yeah, yeah, you know, so it's got to be careful, you know, right. uniform, make sure, you know, that we don't cross the line and piss the Marine Corps off. And But Woody, Woody and Bob, they're the, they're the two lead people we have right now in both organizations that are, you know, working with uh, Emerald Expo and the modern-day Marine, putting contracts together and setting this whole thing up. You know, well, the, tr- Bob, the, the tr- truth be told... Modern day Marines going to change, right? It's going to, you know, oh, people have big plans for that. Yes. Well, this is this is uh probably our last year at Quantico, and 2022 we're heading into Washington. You know, I uh, let me just tell you that thing headed into Washington, and what will happen because it happens inside of Washington D.C. will be crazy for anybody who's yeah. seen it in the past. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, again. 
we asked the Marine Corps to put their footprint on it, and General Berger did. And, you know, he wants to be close to the – he wants the congressmen and the, the people with the checks to be able to walk across the street and see what's going on. You right. Know. right. Well, and he, I'll, I'll tell you what. I mean, uh, what the Army does their big thing in D.C., and that thing that thing's huge. Um, yeah. I went to an Air Force event that was in Orlando. I mean, you should see this thing. Right. Well, it's Air Force, first of all, but um, and the keynote speaker of it was Elon Musk. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and so I, I went there to speak and I'm looking like, OK, well, who else? And I see, oh, Elon Musk. I said, that's right. I'm in that league. Hello. Maybe not. But uh, yeah, I, <laughs> but I'm so. Is going to be Secretary of Defense, I think. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, I mean, but but again, the, that move, and so for those of you, I, I'm not, I don't know if I, I don't think I'm letting a cat out of the bag, but you know, people have big, you know, um, thoughts relative to, you know, uh, what has been an event that has been hosted uh, in Quantico and then moved around the nation uh, out here at Pendleton and down yeah. to Camp Lejeune and whatnot, and so. You know that thing. the The big one's headed for uh, Washington D.C., and you're going to see it change into something that it has never been in its history, which is going to be yeah. great for the Marine Corps. And so, yeah. congratulations. Press, I think, because I mean, we have we have twenty, thirty volunteers every year. We're probably going to have to get fifty, maybe sixty volunteers, you know, up there to start helping out with things. But yeah, there you uh, go. Just the right, hey, just the right time to get out, right? Yeah, we'll get. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get. No, we. You know, it's what we do. No. Yeah. Good luck, Johnny. Make sure you got everybody. <laughs> make sure you got everybody there. <laughs> this is. Uh, this is Dennis's. This is Dennis's vision and handiwork. Good luck, Johnny. Make sure you don't screw it up. Actually, the, I would have preferred to stay in Quantico, but that's you know, uh, being being a lance corporal, that's where. My feeling was the boots on the ground. Those are the guys that are out there doing the fight, and they're the guys you want coming in looking at all this new equipment. You know, not just the guys that are buying it. Right. But I'm sure I'm sure the commandant's got something up his sleeve, some way to get these Marines into Washington. So, well, now, let me tell you. I mean, it's it's what they do. Um, I mean, almost execute the same plan that they do with the marathon, and that yeah. is, um, and that is, they run buses. From Quantico, uh, they have this shuttle system that they set up, and they and they run it nonstop. And they get uh, Marines that are uh, that are, that are volunteering. Uh, they get them up there, and uh, and so uh, so yeah. Just hey, just one more problem to solve. Not a big deal. Yeah, yeah no big deal. We'll <laughs> All right. Um, so anybody who's looking. For uh, the Marine Corps League, the detachment near you or wants information about anything, uh, www.mclnational.org. And uh, that'll take you, and you can look up Dennis and his bio and all the interesting stuff. Uh, first of all, sir, thank you very much for doing this. Uh, I appreciate it. Looking forward to, to seeing you in a few days and spending some time with your guys. And, uh, and I have a challenge for him. So, uh, and, 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 and yeah, and, and, you know, I, and I'll tease it a little bit. I, you know, I believe that, um, and I would love to work with the Marine Corps league because I think there's a speaking program to be had 
um, that shares this uh, cultural wisdom that I stumbled into that has become post-traumatic winning and that is that, that makes um, numbers go down when somebody yeah. will bring it and, and allow it to happen. And uh, I'll knock on wood when I say this. The 2nd Marine Air Wing, who I spent three weeks with um, earlier this year, has not had a suicide in the wing this year. Wow. In, in the wing. At this time last year, I think they had five. And, wow, and so, and again, it, it's, you know, how do we deal with this kind of stuff? You know, when it's anything but mental health, we tell Marines what's going on. So we tell them the truth. We tell them what we need from them and we challenge them to go do it. And guess what they do? They do it. And yeah. I, I would tell you the, the, the realm of mental health is no different. And so, and, 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 and I think about it like this. If when we came back from Iraq and Afghanistan, you know, on one of my deployments, they would have put us in, you know, an auditorium and brought in Vietnam veterans and shut all the doors so it's just us, right? And they pulled their chairs up and had microphones and said, all right, we want to talk to you about what your life's going to be like now after that experience. And they would have told us the truth. A lot of this stuff would would have been different. A lot, and we would have sat there, listened, absolutely fascinated by the story they told us about their lives and the problems they had and the way they tried to cope and how 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 they stumbled and failed and had to dust themselves. I mean, we would have sat there and listened, and, and so I think there's uh, hopefully maybe down the road, but that's what uh, in addition yeah. to throwing some yep. ideas out. But again, I mean, when yep. you when you hear Dennis talk about serving in your community, I think that. I have a way. I have a tool that that I would love to see, you know, Marines talking about our approach to life in high schools, at universities, you know, and that that you can get through this stuff, and you can, you know, uh, no matter what happens in your life, you know, you can live a life filled with joy, and yeah. and as Marines, we're here. To, we're here to bring that message with all the 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 splendor and the majesty you know, that the Marine Corps has. And I think it's a wonderful message. And, and what I, again, what I love about post-traumatic winning is every bit of it comes from Marines or, yeah. or, or the families of Marines, every bit of it. And I, I mean, I could have learned it for probably a lot of different groups, but that's, those are the interviews on all Marine radio. We have Marines on, I'm sorry to everybody, but that's the way it is, right? We yeah. talk shit, we have Marines on and we talk <laughs> our shit. And so ultimately that's where I learned these lessons and that apply to everybody, and so, yeah. so uh, no, I'm excited to come speak and and and, uh, and Great to uh, see you. Yeah. All right, sir. Thank you very much for doing this. All the best. Travel safe. Hi, right, Mac. Semper Fi, brother. Semper Fi. Dennis Tobin here on All Marine Radio. Don't touch that dial. More of this fine program coming up next, right here on your home for it, the All Warrior Radio Network.